0: Welcome everyone today to Talk is Cheap, the Fight Against Mediocrity podcast. I'm super, super excited for our guest today. Justin, Yurong. are uh, Justin lives in Las Vegas, recently moved there nine months ago, but does wholesaling in um, Fresno, California. He's done 10 deals so far. Um, and he says, you know, he has a passion for helping people. And that's why he creates so much YouTube, so many YouTube videos and content. Um, if you don't know him you need to follow him by the time we're done with this um, you'll have all of his information to do that but welcome to the show Justin thank you so much for having me I appreciate it dude no problem so jumping into this um, tell us one of the things that every time I see someone like you on social media or YouTube it immediately catches my eye because you're consistent you're consistently pushing out content consistently helping people. Um, and, you know, we talked about a little bit before that the growth has just come after months of consistency. But I want to know, like, what drives you, man? Like, what what keeps you ticking?
1: I As far as the social media goes, it's for sure the, like, it's right now, it's not money because I'm not going to monetize it all. It's the helping people and the feedback and the encouragement from all of the, the audience currently. Everyone's loving it. And they're saying, hey, it's actually really helping Um, they're getting all, everyone's getting close to finding their first deal. And they say it's because of me, I don't know if it's entirely, but it's very inspiring to me. It it makes me want to keep going. So that's, it's a big passion of mine to help people.
0: I love that dude, because at the end of the day, money's money, but you can, you can help people and get that feeling of fulfillment. And uh, where, how did you get started in real estate?
1: Oh gosh. So I got started, About three years ago, I'm 24 right now. And so, three years ago, actually, I was like 20, 21. um, I just started learning about it in senior year of college. I was listening to podcasts like the Bigger Pockets podcast every day for like a year. And as soon as I got comfortable enough hearing ordinary people doing great things with real estate, um, I had enough saved just from minimum wage jobs and um, in college. And I thought, okay, like I had enough saved in the stock market, I think I can buy a rental. And it was senior year, like I said, in college. And I just started looking. I, I think I made a post on bigger pockets. I was like, hey, I need an agent. I don't know how to buy a home. Um, and someone reached out to me and we sat down for coffee. And then he just started sending me deals. And I analyzed every single one. I learned how to crunch the numbers. And I was looking for a house hack at first. I was looking for a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex uh, to live in and then rent out the others. But you know, I offered on them. None were accepted. But then there was a single family. Uh, home that I just came across. I was like, Hey, the numbers really work out on this one. And I offered on it, got it accepted. And, and that was the start. It was uh, just one rental three years ago. And then it's not like, you know, that, just one rental. That's all it was. And I learned so much from that one.
0: Dude, the thing that I love most about your story is I talked to a lot of new business owners and a lot of people getting into real estate and it's the imposter syndrome, right? It's you know, why me? I'm not good enough. Everyone else is already doing it. There are no more deals. And I think I know what you're going to say, but how did you overcome that feeling of like, Oh man, who am I to do this? Maybe you never had that, but how did you overcome it?
1: I think at the beginning there was that feeling, but I think after, so when I first started, I was, like I said, I was listening to podcasts and these were just ordinary people, but they're saying their stories and how they did it. And as soon as I felt like that was my community, I was surrounded by those people And I was reaching out to pretty much every friend's dads or moms who were in real estate and asking them, like, how did you do it? And as soon as it became normal to me by just the people around me, I was like, "Okay, I could do it, too. Uh, That that was how I got around it.
0: And I think um, that's with that's with anything, right? I mean, I have a similar story. Um, My story was I would listen to YouTube and podcast videos every single day for hours, like during my accounting job that I hated. And then finally believed in myself enough to go into sales. Um, How important it is, is it for people to just drown themselves in information and with the network and with good people who are going to help them?
1: I think it's everything. I think, and everyone has a different approach, but for me, anytime I did something new, maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing, but I always kind of obsessed with the new thing, like whether that was fitness or real estate, like if I was learning something new, I committed fully and I learned everything I could um and then as soon as I learned it I tried to apply it right away because that, that's the biggest thing about learning is you have to do it
0: yeah man I I uh I just like as you're talking I'm like dude Justin's gonna do big things because I was listening to an Alex Hormozy podcast this morning and he, he said the top one percent of people they think it and then they act they mm-hmm. think it and then they act and that's what you're doing right now um, I think one of the interesting things as well is, you know, Steve Jobs said um, at, at some point you realize everything around you in the world was made up by people no smarter than you and I, mm-hmm. and he that just is true. Said that like in real estate, I realized, okay, all of these people are doing it. <clears throat> I can probably do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us, you know, from that first rental, what, what's gone on since then? What has your progression been like?
1: Gotcha. So after that first rental, um, I, I put a lot of my, like all my own money into it. It was a 15% down uh, purchase. And after that I was broke and I was like, okay, like I got income coming in from the rental, but like now what? And so I, I was still in college and I just try to work. I worked at a bank as a W2 and I was a personal trainer on the side. And so I just worked to try to build my cash back up. But from there, um, I wanted to learn more about the investing, and I didn't really know how, so I just I became an agent, and I was an agent for two years or so, yeah, about two years, uh, trying to learn more about the investing side, and I realized that it didn't really teach me that much about the investing side. I just I learned how to be an agent. I learned that side of things, and as I was an agent, I ran into my first mentor. Um, he was a house flipper, and he lost his main guy who ran his whole house flipping, his residential house flipping operation. And I was talking to him for about a year. Then he's like, Hey, like I need someone. Um, and I joined him. And then I think with him, I learned a ton because he just, he was, it was pretty hands-off. He just said, do your thing, try to find deals, make money. And I was like, "I, I don't know how to do that that much. And so I learned, I cold called like door knocked, uh, working under him. And as I found deals and acquired, he would just provide the money and we'd, we'd partner that way um and we did five deals together uh, and that was a huge experience i think what that taught me was proof of concept that to be in real estate it doesn't have to be a side thing like you don't just have to buy one rental a year um, even though that's still amazing you don't have to do that you can make it a full-time occupation uh, if you wanted to and so that was that was my first jump into proof of concept with that mentor uh, and then from there, I worked with them six months, and I started my own. And when I started on my own, it was a lot harder than I thought, you know, and you start from scratch and anything like yeah. you think you knew everything, but I, I didn't really know that much. And I spent about a year trying to learn and figure it out. Um, and I started with all the wrong things. Like, you know, when I worked with him, I was so focused on generating leads, cold calling, door knocking. When I went on my own, I don't know why, but the mindset shifted and into not doing as much lead generation and more so like, oh, I gotta set up my LLC, let's get an office, let's do the business card, let's do all the wrong things. And uh, that's how you learn though. So that, that was my experience. And right now I'm wholesaling flipping on my own.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that. So at the point you said, because the, I, I train business owners and salespeople, and this happens mm-hmm. all the time, it's, it's uh, we procrastinate lead generation. Number one, because it's, it's not like the funnest thing in the world, but number two is because like setting up the LLC, getting business cards, getting your logo made, like it's all like cool, fun stuff. So once you realize crap, I'm not bringing any leads. What, what changed? What did you do different?
1: I immediately just, I started going hard on cold calling myself, um, back to the roots, I guess I was cold calling myself. Until I started to build traction, and then and then I hired out the cold callers because it was just it was a pain. <laughs> I did that for a long time, uh, but that that was what I did. I, I made a focus on lead generation.
0: Dude, I'm learning. I hope everyone's picking up on these really cool lessons because um, I love talking to someone like you. You're young, you're grinding, you're hustling, but you're like, hey, I don't love calling cold calling. Let's let's let someone else do it. Let's outsource that. I'll focus on what I'm good at. Um, just because I'm curious and I know some of the people are, that are listening want to get into this kind of stuff. Um, where do you recommend finding lists of people to cold call? And then where did you outsource it to?
1: So if, you're, if they're looking to cold call, there's a, there's a lot of different places you can find lists. Like I personally use PropStream and sometimes I switch it up. Like I'll, there's also list source, there's batch, batch leads. Uh, but right now I have mainly used PropStream to find list and I'll I'll pull anything, whether it's distressed, like distressed or not. I'll pull high equity, I'll pull uh, tax delinquents, foreclosures, like kind of anything. And the, the trick about lists is like really they all work. If as long as you call enough, they're gonna work. It's it's the effectiveness of how well each work. Um, so that's how I found you could find list and you asked something else that I forgot what you just asked
0: oh no you're good and then you said you outsourced that so who's doing okay. your calling now
1: I outsourced it to a company called call magicians um, I, I wanted to go the company route because I I didn't like having to I wouldn't want to manage a cold, cold caller as far as their daily calls and all that stuff like I I wanted to be more hands-off on the cold calling so I could focus on other avenues like my social media networking uh so I, I went with call magicians
0: and how many deals a week are they bringing to you that you get to work with
1: deals a week or leads a week because I'm, I'm not huge yet where i have multiple or, deals a week
0: <laughs> sorry yeah leads a week they're, they're saying hey man we got this lead for you okay i so but we're
1: we're recording this right now at the end of december um, usually it's been like seven or six, seven leads a week. It's been lower though, since November, December. Uh, I think it's because of holiday, but I might have to adjust things as we go. Uh, but that's kind of roughly what they look like.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, as you started your own business, what what was the hardest thing um as you started on your own that maybe you didn't realize would be so hard?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. I think the hardest thing was finding the deals, like learning how to find deals on your own. I think, because the, the thing is, when I was with that mentor, you know, he, he provided the list and everything. And then I would call and then I would door knock and stuff. But the hardest thing was learning how to source your deals on your own. Um, that, that's by far been the hardest thing. Uh, but as, as you progress and as I've, I guess, gotten more experience, it's gotten easier and easier. So, but at, at first it's, it's extremely hard.
0: Um, I want to ask this question, right? Because I want to get uh, a raw answer from you, but like what you're doing for you, I think you might think, oh, this is just what everybody does. Or maybe you think like, this is just, you know, this is just what you do. You grind, you hustle, you try, but I don't think everybody's like that. I think a lot of the people listening to this are like that, but what drives you just for the progress for success for you know pushing yourself to start your own business like what drives you justin
1: i think that's a great question i i think i have a pretty good answer to this so for me personally i don't know why it's in me but i've always loved the the, the thought behind being really bad at something and then just getting better at it in anything like i'll try new things i'll play a different instrument i'll suck at it completely suck and then as you improve and improve it it's just fun like I like the, it's frustrating to fail, but it's really fun at the same time for me. And so something that drives me is just, I like to improve in everything, everything I do, like as, as far as my daily exercises go, I track everything because it's fun to improve and see the growth. Um, so I've always kind of approached life that way. And I think it's because from a young age, I always, I've always tried to challenge myself just because it's fun. Um, so that's probably what drives me the most. It's, it's the feeling of self-improvement in everything.
0: When you were young, how did you challenge yourself?
1: It, I don't know, it wasn't everything. Like, like even when I was younger, I played sports and I'd be on my own and you know, I'd run different laps and try to beat my times on the last thing. Even if I wasn't in track or anything, I was like, no, I just, I just wanted to do better uh, in school. I always try to improve on test scores and learning and actually learning. And so it was kind of every aspect, you know, since I was little.
0: It's interesting because um, I mean I didn't know what you were gonna say, and so I really like this answer. But what's interesting is I went golfing with Ryan Pineda, who's you mm-hmm. know a real estate flipper and, and stuff in there in Las Vegas, and uh, I said, um, "How did you get to where you're at?" And he's like, he basically said the same thing. He's like, "I didn't set out to necessarily be a millionaire. I'm just super competitive, and I wanted to be the best." right um and that's basically what you said like you have to love the process of i suck at it i'm gonna try again get a little bit better like that process right
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's not even necessarily because everyone has a different approach like his is competitive i don't know how he explained it but for me it's like a competitive thing within myself yeah. like it's, it's it's really easy nowadays if you look at people on social media to compare yourselves against other people but for me, it's like, I don't really care. I think it's awesome if people are doing well. But I'm going to compare myself against me. It's Otherwise, you just kind of go on a downward spiral and, and it can feel bad about yourself.
0: Yeah, I like to say it's the difference between discouragement and discontent. Like mm-hmm. discouragement is uh, I'm the worst. I can never do this. Discontent is like, hey, I know I can do better. So let's do better. Like right. it's just um, discontent with where you're at, but not comparing yourself to others. I don't want to persuade you one way or another with this question, Mm -hmm. but what do you think the most important skill a business owner needs to have in order to succeed?
1: Okay. I think, I think that answer depends on the stage of what, where you're at in business. Like as you grow, the main skill is going to be like leadership, how to lead people and how to make sure everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction. But I think when you're starting,
0: yeah, let's say when you're starting, like, yeah, when you're like, I want to start this business, I want to start X, Y, Z, like, what's the most important skill?
1: I think the most important skill, and I've given this a little bit of thought just now, I think the most important skill is being able to drop your ego and ask for help. Because when you start a business, no, you don't really know what you're doing. Like no one really does, even if you think you do. And so naturally you're going to run into all these different problems or roadblocks. And when you hit those roadblocks, it's either you are going to be Googling or YouTubing things and how to do it, how to fix these things, or you can just reach out to someone, drop your ego and ask for help. And for me, that's been the biggest thing as far as just ask for help. Like if if I ever run into a roadblock, I think now of someone, oh, this person's really good at this, let me just ask them. And I think that's the biggest skill is having ability to ask for assistance when you need to. Cause that, that's how you progress faster.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like years faster. Yeah. Cause for example, I mean, you're doing YouTube stuff. Say you ask someone who's been doing it for 10 years and has a million subscribers, like, Hey, well, how do you do this? And they say, Oh, you know, this is what we found to be most successful. You could have, you could have spent two or three years mm-hmm trying and failing and trying and failing until you figured out that one thing but you figured it out in 30 seconds by asking him exactly so you literally saved two or three years um and this is why one of my philosophies is like i don't think you can ever pay too much to be around the right people or Mm -hmm. to be in the right room where you're going to learn things that are going to um set you up for the future is that what you found as well
1: Oh, I agree. I think, And I think it's not necessarily just being around them, because even if you're in the same room with them, as, it, like you pay for a mastermind, you want to sit next to them, that doesn't magically make you improve. What makes you improve is having conversation with them and figuring out from their thoughts what worked and why it worked, and then applying what they said. Like, Because if, if you just are around them, it doesn't make a difference. But if you're around them and you talk to them and learn from them and then do what you learn then that's how you grow. So yeah, I I think you're spot on.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for someone who's starting out and they say, I don't, I don't have any money to do anything. I mean, you've got bigger pockets podcast for free. You can listen to it, learn from people, take action on what they say. Um, What are your goals for this upcoming 2022?
1: So 2022, I just kind of looked over everything. I think a big goal of me like my big top priority is my social media and growing my audience. And so I would like to have an audience and I mainly post on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. I would love to have an audience of a million people by the end of 22. And I think it's very possible with how fast people can grow on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, especially using shorts. So that's a big goal of mine, as well as I would like to gross 250,000 with the house flipping and, and real estate business.
0: Awesome, dude! I love it. Um, and with the million followers, that's combined, right? So maybe mm-hmm. if like, you,
1: yeah, combined. But
0: what's your end goal? And this is, I, th- I mean, I know why I post on social media. I know why I'm active mm-hmm. on social media. But for those who maybe are listening to this and they aren't active on social media, they don't like social media. Like, why are you pushing so hard on social media? Like, what's the end game? What are some of like the, the The goals behind that following?
1: Gotcha. So, one of the biggest goals is just my personal brand. And I'll explain what I mean. I think every person out there has a personal brand, whether they're aware of it or not. Even if you don't post on social media, you have a brand. If someone thinks of you and your name, they're going to think of something. And my goal is to build my personal brand because, regardless of what I end up doing in the future, I'm young and I, I have a pretty good idea that I'm stick with real estate. But even if I do other things, I want to have a brand that's known, very well known as me, as someone who pretty much is kind and is giving and brings everyone value no matter what, whether that's entertainment or education. And so, the big thing behind the personal brand is I think that if you can have a great audience that trusts you, no matter what, you'll be just fine in the future. And so, that's my whole goal with it because whether it's real estate and, you know, finding deals through real estate from social media, which is already happening with with the small audience I have, or whether, you know, like anything really, like the goal is just to have my brand built so that I could do whatever, like regardless of what I choose to eventually monetize it, it doesn't really matter because it's just having an audience that trusts me. So that's kind of the whole big point of that, because social media is something that I really believe in for the long term. Um, And that might change eventually, like as time goes on, if, if crypto becomes bigger and like the brand becomes, okay, what's in your wallet. But for now it's, it's social media.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I love that no matter what you have a personal brand, whether you are proactively building it or it's just Mm -hmm. a reactive, like it's just there. Um, Mm -hmm. So what's your strategy? Like, what are the, the daily steps you're taking to hit that 1 million uh, follower mark?
1: Oh, you're gonna think I'm crazy. So I, oh,
0: dude, I, I
1: <laughs> every week, and I've actually been doing this consistently minus Christmas week, uh, was post is to make and create and post seven YouTube videos a week, um, as well as create twenty TikToks a week, and that those are all posts to YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, um, and from the YouTube videos, there are extra shorts being pulled out that go on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and I'm posting consistently at least 100 I think it's at least 150 times a week with those three platforms and so as long as I just keep that up um, I'm already seeing the the traction start to build and I, I think I I don't I think I said this before the call started but I've been posting consistently as of today with for nine months on YouTube and everything else and the majority of my views watch time subscribers followers came in the last month so the last month out of nine months so for eight months there was like no traction there's nothing and then month nine it's just boom and so i'm excited to see what 2020 brings i have no idea what the possibility is but i'm, I'm setting my goals high
0: develop that i'm gonna grab my phone real quick and do the math yeah. on that so 150 yeah. a week yep times by 52 that's 7800 pieces of content posted on there um, Let's just see real quick. A million divided by 7,800. You need to get about 128 followers. I mean, here's the thing. You're right. Like it, it's it's exponential um, right. as you start growing. I'm curious. Here's the thing. Um, I'm actually doing a couple of goal setting workshops for a few businesses in the area I live. And one mm-hmm. of the things I focus on a lot is like, just look at the gym in January, it's packed. And then look mm-hmm. at it in February, it's a ghost town, right? Like that's the natural tendency of the human is oh, I have this goal. Let's do it. Let's do it two weeks later. It's like, ah, oh, it's too hard. I'm going to quit. Right. What keeps you going like eight months of not seeing results and you're like still doing it, still doing it, still doing it. Like what keeps you going? What keeps you from getting discouraged? I, I
1: think, I mean, there's a couple things. One is just having the overall vision of this has to happen. No matter, like I told myself when I started, I don't care if it takes 10 years more, like I'm still going to be posting. And so that, that's the kind of commitment I had starting out. And I think if you have that agreement with yourself to set that expectation, that, hey, this might take years and that's okay. So that that's a big thing is knowing that it'll take longer than you want. Most people, for example, at the gym, when they start, they think, okay, I want the results in ninety days. And it's like, you can get a little bit of results, but you won't change your life in ninety days. Same thing applies with me in the social media. But I think the big thing too, and I preach this a lot with habit formation, is starting extremely small. So I do post a lot now, but when I started, it was just one YouTube video a week, one YouTube video a week, one YouTube. And then I was like, eh, it's not too bad after a couple weeks or maybe a couple months. And then I bumped it to two. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can post TikToks too. So starting extremely small with whatever you're starting to form as a habit and then growing from there
0: yeah dude i love that i hope everyone picked up on those uh amazing amazing lessons i mean um i feel the same way about what i'm doing like sometimes i think to myself like man this is hard like is it gonna work out i don't know did i make the right choice but then i think like if i just don't quit Mm -hmm. there's no way it won't work if i just keep going like it'll just if I manifest it enough through my actions, there's no way I won't reach my goal. Right? There's no way. Um, I love that so much. Hey, for anyone who's listening, what's the best way for them to connect with you, Justin?
1: Best way to connect with me would be Instagram. Uh, Justin, you're wrong is is my username, and um, if you want to watch long form content, then definitely YouTube. Same thing, Justin, you're wrong.
0: And that's. You wrong is spelled Y-U-R-O-N-G for those who aren't on YouTube, for those who are listening. Um, so last question. This is my favorite question. Justin, what does the fight against mediocrity mean to you?
1: I think the fight against mediocrity, it's not something that, here's, here's my opinion. It's not something that, I'm, that will, is supposed to bash other people. I think mediocrity is a term as far as settling for yourself and like your own potential. And so I don't think anyone should ever settle for what they can actually achieve. I think if you're in that position now and you feel like you've settled and you're mediocre with what you can become, then I think you, you really have to sit down with yourself and think what you want to achieve and then take the actions to achieve it. So I think that's what the fight against mediocrity means.
0: I love that because we're all capable of so, so much, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if anyone's read can't hurt me by David Goggins. I mean, we have so much untapped potential in us. I really, really like that definition. Thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show Um, for anyone listening, please go back and listen to it again, especially if you're someone who's like, I want to start a business. I want to do something else, but you know, I'm just stuck. One of the things key takeaways from Justin here is he didn't start day one buying his first rental. He started by, hey, I can listen to Bigger Pockets podcast every free second I have. I can talk to those around me. I can, it just builds up. And with that, you can never fail. So thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show. And we'll talk to everybody soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me again. It was, it was fun.